ever thought, hey, what can I do to make things better? Or, you know, just everything is going to hell. Well, we are Plus Delta, a group of wonderful people. You might hate us, you might love us, but we're here to tell you how we think things can be better based on the, our own observations of the world. You're, the one speaking right now is Brian, but we also have... Well, it is Jerome here. Hey guys, what is up? And I love your introduction of saying that we're wonderful people because we are beautiful people out there. Woo woo. And uh, Natasha here. Uh, I'm not feeling 100% today, guys. I've been sick this week. Uh, nothing COVID related, thank God. Um, but I've not been feeling 100%, but I am here. Um, to keep going with this podcast because that's life sometimes you feel icky but you gotta keep going the tea always needs to be spilt like we said just looking to make things better plus and delta here we go is that spilt even a word i don't even know but guess what natasha sure (laughs) you matter natasha you're here thank you I know. It's, good to hear your, no. it's good to hear your voice. Let's take a deep breath. <laughs> In, out. Why do you sound like that, Jerome? We're not, we're, we're not meditating here. <laughs> I'm trying out my ASMR uh, voice. You're, so. Is this one of those, uh, like the NPR broadcasts where we speak? <laughs> Tell me how you feel today, Jerome. Yes, yes. So what um, we have here... <laughs> So, and uh, this is you, not NPR. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely. So this is RPN. Not associated press. RPN, real people news. Boom. Exactly. Wait, isn't that um like part of like the whole like right wing uh, conservative real people news? I don't know. Now I'm looking. At, Actually, now I'm looking it up. I have no idea. I think it now is. That you, now that you say that. Um, I have some tea kind of about, um, I guess, What's the your whole, tea, that it, it's a little bit politically charged, um, so I'm not trying to alienate um, viewers um, mm-hmm. or listeners, uh, but um, I don't know if you guys saw. No, but, I, I, I always view things with my ears. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a common <laughs> practice amongst those of us that have higher levels of zen and Third eye. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, so that's what I mean. <laughs> uh, Look, my third eye is my butthole. Okay. Beautiful. Very poetic. <laughs> that's just. I think you should write a sonnet about it. <laughs> no, I prefer a um. What do you call is a haiku? Yes, I prefer you haiku. Know, By Wait, the way, format, I'm not an English teacher. This is, this is the, our very political conversation. Yeah, this is our, what's the format for a haiku? Wait, what's the format for a haiku? I feel like the listeners want to know. It's like five, seven, is it, five. Wait, is it? I thought it was three, five, three. Mm-hmm. It's a total of seven, uh, 17 syllables. Okay, it's five, so seven, five. 17 syllables, five, seven, five. I'm sorry. Did you just say that three five three equals oh, seventeen? Seventeen. <laughs> That's so awkward. You can see why my kids do poorly in math. 
Uh, it's okay. You were using Common Core math. It's no worries. That Common Core math, y'all, you know, it does things. Like, he used the Mathway app. Yeah. He just got the answer, but he didn't know how he got there. Exactly. But, you know, if <laughs> I plug it in my phone, boom, it's already there. It's already there. Anyway. Oh, now that we're hurt. talking about something completely unrelated to what you were saying, Natasha, yes. what was the thing that you were going to talk about? So uh, this week for my tea, I don't know if you guys noticed, um, but on the 27th, Homeland Security actually put out a bulletin um, due to domestic terrorism where they said that threats of violence have That's been... That's when people go into people's houses and go boot, right? Uh, kind of, kind of. Um, it's like when Alexa <laughs> listens to you while you're sleeping. No. Um, <laughs> which actually, she's been coming on randomly, and that crap freaks me out. Like, I'll be sitting there and I'll be watching something, and Alexa just answers, and I'm like, "Who are you? And why are you here?" Like, it's too much for me. Um, that's just so because they're just reminding you about your cart is still I'm, full on I'm, Amazon. I never asked her a question and she'll like the other day I was just thinking like I wonder what the weather's like today all of a sudden Alexa's like the weather is 55 degrees but it's going to be beautiful and sunny today and I'm like oh shit Alexa how did you know I don't know it was just weird it was a weird moment but I didn't even ask I didn't even like verbally ask it just came on but anyways right so wait go on about vanilla ices no, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I said go on about Vanilla Isis. Okay, the Vanilla Isis. So it says- Is that your way of saying domestic terrorism? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it says here, let me, let me read it for you. Threats of violence against critical infrastructure, including electrical, telecommunications, and health sectors increased in 2020 with a violent extremist citing misinformation and conspiracy theories about COVID-19 for their actions. So they're afraid of domestic terrorists attacking hospitals, electrical companies, telecommunication companies. Um, and this is something that Homeland Security put out. So something that I just wanted to say is like I tell students, um, like I tell my students, if you see something, say something, go to your local, what they're, what they're asking people to do is to find local FBI field offices and call them to report anything that is being suspected. Um, other things that they have also put out in this bulletin is that they are recognizing within the FBI longstanding racial and ethnic tension, including opposition to immigration has driven DVE attacks, um, including a 2019 shooting in El Paso, Texas, that killed 23 people. DVE stands for Domestic Violent Extremist. So um, uh, the it says that the targeted individuals opposing views engaged in First Amendment pr protected nonviolent protests but they're motivated by a range of issues due to election results. Again, COVID nineteen, racial tension. So it's um, they're saying um, to try to prevent the violence, but um, 
you know, the Department of Homeland Security is committed to preventing violence against religion, race, ethnicity, or any political views. However, um, it's come to the point where Homeland Security put out a bulletin against domestic terrorism. Is there levels of domestic terrorism? Like, is there like different type of colors? Because you remember back in when um, we had terrorism, well, we had terrorism, like it's gone away or anything, you know, something that's made up. But 9-11 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right after 9-11, do you guys remember like the colors that we had, like a scale, like, okay, we're in the red, but if, you know, because of this, this, and this is happening, there's certain yeah, yeah, parameters. Yeah. Is there like a rubric, I guess, so to speak, um, um, about this domestic terrorism or things that we should look out for? I can't see anything on a color. Um, on the website, everything that comes up for colors were things from a long time ago. Like, actually, the first time it says that there's a color was March 12th of 2002. So, um, all the way till 2011. So, okay, the National Terrorism Advisory System op operationally replaces the Security Advisory System. Okay, so I think now instead they just have these bulletins instead of colors, but I don't know. Yeah. So if anybody knows more or if you work for Homeland Security and don't want to say you do or whatever, like if you just know, just feel free to email us because I'd love to know more about how that works. So um, yeah, the closest that I found to that is the thing from back in September 11th. And it went up until, according to Wikipedia, anyway, um, it says that the system was replaced in 2011, and it's called the National Terrorism Advisory System. Yeah. So with the bulletins that you mentioned, Natasha. So before there was the colors of low, guarded, elevated, high, severe. From the National or from Homeland Security, their website, what I'm seeing right now, it's now they have like the bulletin, which describes a current development. An elevated alert, which warns of credible terrorism threat, and an imminent alert, meaning that it's probably going to actually happen. So those are the three levels that they have now, instead of the colors. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, here are my thoughts. Okay. It just seems like that this domestic terrorism is definitely, you know, most of it is based on, you know, what definitely will happen with the election and then also conspiracy theories and people being stuck in their house reading and listening to these conspiracy theories um but then also i feel like it's just the argument of the first amendment like these people haven't heard about the other amendments that we have within our constitution so i i'm not saying that this is not real or anything I just feel like that we're putting a name on something that maybe isn't the the real issue. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I like. I, I have to agree. Like, it seems like um, the the terrorists, um, the domestic terrorists, are. Um, using the First Amendment as their prop to um, to kind of justify 
their actions. And I've noticed that like those extremist groups are now claiming that it's the first, their first amendment, right? And it's not just, you know, freedom of speech, it's also freedom of expression. Um, and then they link somehow that to the second amendment. Um, you know, if you try to silence them or whatever, it's, it's also fear that, you know, people are going to start getting their guns taken away or. See, people like are so afraid of that. It's just all like, really, you feel like that the government is going to take away your guns. And that is something that let's just be honest. Our country has been built upon is guns. <laughs> and. Yeah. I'm no, that's all, that's all I was going to say. No, I, I'm, a, I'm a gun owner. Um, my husband was a practical shooter in Argentina for sport. He um, wanted to go to the Olympics for shooting. Um, so he loves to shoot for sport as a practical shooter. Um, so for us, it was recreation at some point as a, you know, as a female. Um, for a while, my husband was working nights. So I had a gun for security reasons. Do I like it? No, um, I'm not a fan of guns. Did it make me feel a little bit safer, even though it might not actually have been a situation where I was safer a little bit? Yeah, when I'm by myself on that night. So, um, I mean, as a gun, gun owner i i can't say what what would be best like the way things are in australia and in the uk um a lot of people are like oh things are going to be like and my husband even argues this sometimes oh in the uk now you you can't even carry like a cooking knife outside or you can get arrested do you want things to come to that and it's like no but how many school shootings have they had in the uk you know but he as somebody who does it for recreation instead of sport he gets frustrated because he feels like due to poor education, people can't have guns and because of poor mental health um, care in this country. So, Right. And having those procedures that are in place to, you know, defend the rights of people who have guns and who, who doesn't have guns and what we can do to protect ourselves. I mean, I, me personally, I just feel like every uh, woman should have a gun, <laughs> should have some type of weapon. There are some crazy, just like, I've been watching a lot on Unsolved Mysteries and was it tapping into TLC and Oxygen from time to time and just seeing some of this stuff. I'm just all like, okay, yeah, I can see why you would need a stun gun or you need some type of weapon to defend yourself. Uh, there's some sure. very interesting people out there. <laughs> So that kind of goes into like a weird mix of the tea that I had um, because I have something specific in mind, but it kind of like all goes together. So as of recent, I've been both on my own uh, with students, with articles that I've read, with podcasts that I've listened to. I feel like a lot of it has lined up with the idea of like equity, equality, and justice. So I, I just like find it like all interesting that this comes up a lot because, you know, we talk about um, with the domestic terrorism and with other things, we talk about of what our freedoms is, like, or are, not is great grammar, Brian. Uh, <laughs> what our freedoms are, like what should be allowed, what shouldn't be allowed, whether, it, whether it's for protection, whether it's for other overpowering, um, how we should treat different races, or like you said yourself, like, oh, women should have 
this protection. So should men not have this protection? So like, it just kind of like goes back and forth of like, what truly is fair? Because like, back to the thing that I think Natasha, you said it of like, uh, people are using their first amendment, right? As like a cover for what they're doing. But on the other hand, do we limit the first amendment? Do we limit the second amendment? Like how, how do you manage um, what is right and what is wrong when words that are put into place are so subjective? Cause I mean, like if we're even gonna base it on the constitution by itself, there's always been the two mindsets all the way back to the very first day when it was written. Like there was always a two mindsets of this is a living document or this is, I mean, or this is, no, this is the law of the land. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's just very interesting to think about because, like, are either of those people right? Are either of those people wrong? Is it both? So, um, like, what I've been listening to a lot was um, thinking about free speech and all that. Um, like I said, I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts. Um one of them, uh, let me give the name properly since we're over here trying to promote our own podcast. Might as well give proper credit to where I heard this conversation. Uh, it was Unlocking Us with Brene Brown. Oh, uh, shout interviewed. Out yeah, shout, definitely shout out to Brene because, like, I, as a podcast listener and now podcast maker, I very much admire the things that she's doing. And one of the people that she was talking to was um, Emmanuel Acho, who recently had his own little web series and now has a book, uh, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. And I can't say that I've read it, so I don't want to go too in-depth with everything that he was saying. And again, taking away from the interview, because I definitely think you should go listen to that interview instead, because it's really well done. But something that I really took away from that, that kind of stuck with me with this whole thing is just the lack of conversations that people have. Um, whether it's from left wing and right wing, whether it's from white to black, whether it's from men to women, whether it's from straight to whatever other orientation you may be, I don't wanna just say gay because we know that's now where that ends. Um, but whatever it may be, I feel like the opposite sides of spectrums, if you even want to call them opposite sides, because they really shouldn't be that way, but that's how they're treated. Um, there's not enough conversation. And I feel like part of the reason we don't reach compromise, we don't reach equity or justice or whatever exactly it is that we're looking for is because people are so passionate about their own sides that it's just people become defensive of other people's opinions because instead of listening, it's like, oh, that's your thoughts, that's your feelings. It becomes like, oh, no, you're targeting mine. You're hating on mine. Um, you are disagreeing with me. Therefore, you must be trying to take something away from me. Um, well, why do you think... And well, I think that... Oh, sorry. Like, no, I was thinking this is uh, also open to Natasha as well, but why do y'all think people don't want, or why do people don't understand each other? I guess uh, let's just start off with that. Based off, because uh, what I'm hearing is that there, 
definitely is two sides. There is also a third side. There's also the the truth or something that's factual, opinionated in our perception of our own reality. So then we base what our what we perceive in our judgment on others, and that's how the way we think the world is. Um, but you know, just going back to that question, why do you guys think that people don't understand each other or don't want to understand each other? So I think it has to go a lot with one of the quotes that I wrote down that they talked about in Emmanuel's book. And it's actually by somebody else. And hopefully I'm pronouncing this name right. If I'm not, I apologize. Uh, but the quote was <clears throat> originally by Nathan Rutstein or Rutstein. Um, and the quote was, prejudice is an emotional attachment to ignorance. So I think a lot of us are just so comfortable with who we are and where we're at that we unintentionally become prejudiced in our own way. It not, it's not necessarily like racist or hateful or whatever, but like you, Jerome, mentioned the, how was the you ordered it, but like, that, oh, that we have our own personal truth or perspective on things. Right. So I think it's because we're just, it's not out of hate of somebody else, but it is out of our own comfort zone. Like with people uh, feeling offended when they say, oh, you have privilege when I've worked and I'm not offended by that word, but like just trying to take the other perspective of like, the oh, well, I've worked my life. Yeah, correct. So, like, people say, oh, well, I've worked my whole life for this, or I've been, like, I it took me a lot to earn this money. I had a terrible childhood. My like, neighborhoods that I lived in were terrible. How can you possibly say that I have privilege? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a mis misunderstanding of what that word means because you're so protective of yourself. Or, like, if I'm in a school or, or a workplace or, or even just a city where I'm surrounded by a majority of quote-unquote good people to where like i don't see no good people is not the words i'm looking for like the same type of people like if i'm in that predominantly white area or predominantly hispanic area predominantly whatever area it's harder for you to see like racism when you're in a place where everyone is kind of like equal with each other to where, like, if you see everyone being treated fairly or treated politely, it's like, oh, there's not racism. We all love each other. We're all doing great here. Like, how could you possibly say that we're hateful? Or, like, sexism. Like, oh, our boss is a woman. Uh, we have a woman vice president. How could you possibly say that is all this? Because I guess you have your own perception of positivity that it kind of, like, draws away the other things around you and it's not because you don't care or because you don't believe it but if you've been studying like you said drumming your own reality for so long it's hard for you to open up to something else because like if i said oh you know women have everything just fine they get to vote they get to work we have a woman vice president um we see all these women business owners they're doing just fine <clears throat> i'm not wrong but it's like missing something else because each individual person, regardless of age, gender, um, race, etc., like 
has their own feelings of how they've been attacked or hurt or succeeded on the other end of it. That's like, how do you, how do you get past that almost defense mechanism of don't tell me that I'm a bad person when I've been doing everything right my whole life. Um, when you're just trying to have the conversation. And I think that's the biggest problem is the lack of conversation because it's I, not. No, go ahead. I don't go ahead. No, no, I, I feel like I can go into like a whole soapbox about communication. Cause that's one of my biggest pet peeves besides being late to things. <laughs> so before I go into my soapbox about a completely different topic, you can yeah, go ahead and no, no. It's, no, Socrates, I get it. Uh, one thing that I want to say, just based off of what you were talking about, is one, ignorance is bit, uh, bliss. And then two, once we, based on our experiences, we observe, we take in uh, our surroundings or people who are aware or unaware, we'll say we make our judgment and then that becomes our reality based on our perception. I think that once people make that stance and make that their belief, it's hard to change that. So then they are not mm -hmm. open to challenging that thought or that idea, or even willing to just understand, oh, there could be another way. So, you know, just having that open mind. I don't know. What are your thoughts, yeah. Natasha, before I say my tea for this week? I just think that, like, beliefs are kind of like the building block of that you you kind of base your existence around um they're they're like what you usually like the foundation of which you of the person you are and the things you care about kind of like brian was saying and i think that if something happens that shakes you to your core it's kind of scary to challenge that and i think sometimes some people would prefer to defend that rather than challenge it because mm -hmm. then that means that everything they believed before could either be untrue or they could feel like maybe at the time it's the lie or like imagine imagine somebody who um imagine a woman like who grew up in the south and um you know she had a big beautiful wedding at like a plantation and she had a great time but then she has a friend who starts talking to her about you know um black lives matter and she realizes you know should have should i have had that big i've wanted that wedding my whole life at that plantation what's wrong with that like what is is there a problem with me my whole mm -hmm. family got married at a plantation. I mean, we've all gotten married at, you know, this plantation. Like it's it, it's something that roots back deeply into who she is, her family, something that defined her a childhood want. And I think that um, identifying that there could be a problem with that means that you're wrong. And I think that fail, like not necessarily failure, but being wrong is scary because it shakes your beliefs to your core and you don't know what to believe anymore. But I think that like I've been kind of trying to go through self-discovery myself. And it's that as long as you kind of keep going and you like um, an issue that I know that we all said we're going to talk about next week is cancel culture um, or maybe next week. But it's kind of like 
There's okay. no. <laughs> there's like. And you're canceled. Next. And yeah, I'm canceled <laughs> because I want to talk about cancel culture. Sorry, guys. But there's like no growth with cancel culture. Um, so I think mm -hmm. that um, we also kind of have a problem within our culture that once somebody's beliefs have been shaken, that they can change their belief and start doing something for the better or something more positive. So I think it's like a fear of rejection from their society or the peers or where they felt comfortable. They feel like they're going to be uncertain because it's not, it shakes their foundation. And I think it's a lot to deal with at once. So it's almost just easier to defend it, even if you're wrong. You know what I mean? And I think that's what it is. Maybe, right. or maybe it's not even you realizing that, but I think that it's, it's just, it's for them. They believe that what they're doing is sometimes people believe what they're doing is right and righteous. So they believe that maybe they're defending something that's greater than themselves yeah. that needs to be defended. And I think that also comes into the equation. So I think those are kind of like why people are the way they are with their belief. Yeah. And I think so too, like even more than the defending thing, it's um, just combining everything. Both of you said like the whole idea of like ignorance is bliss and the fear of cancel culture and defending stuff. Like I think all of that together is what ends up leading to the whole lack of conversation. Because like, if I go to, I don't know, a predominantly black neighborhood when, yes, I am darker skinned, but I am often confused by white as white, even though I'm Hispanic. Um, like if I go into a black neighborhood, it's almost weird and uncomfortable to ask certain questions because what what if I say the wrong thing or like that fear of I'm going to ask that Spanish speaking person something because I think they might be talking about me um, or, or anything just like that fear of what really the answer might be when it when the conversation might actually turn out in a positive aspect but avoiding all that together is just so much easier to not talk about it at all mm -hmm. and i think we've not talked about issues for so long that the issue has turned bigger to where our own prejudices or um perspectives even if they were not intended to be harmful turn into a bigger deal because we we never got our answers we ended up just get making our own assumptions of what things are and how things are based on what we see and what we think or what we're told to see and think that it's like okay well that must be it since i'm not going to ask the question because that's super uncomfortable super awkward and um probably not even allowed it's best for me to just keep thinking what i'm thinking and that's what's going to be the right thing right yeah and speaking speaking about the right thing and think and ideas and thoughts that were minuscule but then gets blown out of proportion is for my tea is about what was happening on uh with reddit gamestop and wall street so first off 
I want to ask you guys, have you ever used any type of free trading apps like Webull or Robinhood or anything of that nature? I got on Robinhood, but then I never went through with it. But now I'm like wishing I would have joined the Wall Street Bets Reddit like ages ago and then like been a part of this whole thing. Like, um, but I haven't actually been in the stock. Actually, you were the one who introduced me to Robinhood and then the other one that every time it'll put like a penny or whatever your coin Girl, is. yes, you need to. Um, okay, first of all, um, y'all can sponsor me all day, any day, sponsor the podcast. It's freaking Acorns. Yes, oh you need God, to get on Acorn, sis. Acorn. Yes, he, Jerome told our entire grad school class about Acorn. So from that app, I went on to learn about Robinhood. And then you told me Rob was on Robinhood. But I actually never went through and bought the stocks because I thought I needed a little bit more money to get involved than what I had. So Right. Sorry. No. So I, I was going to say my involvement has not gone beyond Acorns because you did sell me on that. And I've been yeah, trying I to sell a couple other people on that too. Um, but I haven't gone any further than that. Um, I like I, I think I may have downloaded the Robinhood app at one point. Um but for a very small period of time I was looking into getting my my securities license myself because I was doing like life insurance and a couple of things on the side, but I ended up not sticking with it. So my, were you trying to do a pyramid scheme, um, Brian? I like how you leaned into the mic for it. Like you were waiting for like that was a Diane. What's her name? Diane Ravitch. <laughs> that was Diane Sawyer. Sure. Sorry, Barbara Walters. Diane Sawyer moment where you lean up forward. Yeah, I was like, he's trying to do some side hustle. I was like, okay, Brian. Like, what were you trying to do? Like, tell me your thoughts. <laughs> So that's a whole other conversation for another day. We can leave that there. Uh, but long story short of that is, at the time, my license, permit, whatever you want to call it, uh, had not expired yet, but I hadn't used it. So I didn't know like the full like number and everything else. But because I had that, Robinhood was asking me for it. And I couldn't remember it, so I couldn't put in the numbers. So I ended up leaving the app altogether and didn't get even finished with setting up my account on Robinhood. Right. Um, so no, Acorns is about as far as I've gotten with something like that. Okay. So first, let's talk about GameStop. So GameStop is the bane of our existence. It's the worst thing ever with trying to rip people off when you're trading in video games to overpricing or upselling you on whatever you're going to buy uh, purchases where, thank God, things of PSN, Amazon, I mean, is that saying better, um, that they're doing digital uh, services in terms of gaming. So we know that in terms of sales, GameStop was not doing so well, even before the pandemic was not doing well. Well, uh, there's this subreddit on Reddit 
called Wall Street Bets. And it was about a year ago that the trading company was under $4. And then this past week on the last week of January, 2021, that it reached a high, a number of $470. And correct me if I'm wrong, y'all, if it's still increasing or not. Um, but all this was caused by a group of people, um, you know, discussing about, hey, where we should place our money uh, in terms of hedge funds such as Robinhood and that it blew up, you know, over this year. And I guess it was uh, based off of uh, short stocks. I do not know much about investments, so I would like to interview someone that, you know, or talk to someone who understands about, you know, investment strategies and betting uh, against the company. But what I just really thought of was like, oh, man, like this is really awesome in a like democratic way for people who are not on Wall Street to do these type of things and be able to bet off of it. But, you know, I really didn't like me personally, that Wall Street was like, oh, wait, you can't do that. And it's like, well, the, here's for you not to say anything about this just because that, you know, a group of people wanting to play the game as well. I'm, you know, in my mind, and let's look, I'm not an economist in any aspect, but I feel like if this was like, you know, a true capitalist society, then anyone should be able to play the game as well if they're willing to have a strategy or they have the money to do it. So yeah. here's my question, Jerome. I don't know if you... I, I don't know anything, sorry, but I, go ahead. Well, no, no. I, I, not necessarily about the stock market, but the story itself. Because um, I haven't looked too much into the story, but from what I minimally read um i would have read more if i knew this was going to be your tea <laughs> but <laughs> what I minimally read was that it wasn't wall street that stopped it initially it was robin hood themselves yeah that had stopped the trading on gamestop um because i guess their explanation was is that they need to have money backing because of whatever like policy they had or however they set it up and they were not financially right. ready to support this whole trading and betting game. Um, and that's part of why they're like, nope, you can't do that. Um, not to mention they were in a previous but yeah, I, I, At least that was my understanding of it. I'm not no, 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 you, you, yeah. no, you're absolutely right. Like, no, fact check me. Like, we, we tell facts and only the facts and opinionated facts. I've, I also... Um, I saw on like TikTok. Oh, sorry. But um it I know it's not the most reliable source, but I did um see somewhere that somebody was going through an article saying that this is they were in like a million dollar lawsuit last year. So Robin Hood is going to do everything they mm -hmm. can to CYA because they don't want to go through anything like that again. Um, but yeah, Dogecoin is also soaring right, right now, and yep. it's another one that they're trying to to bring up. Um, That's more cryptocurrency, yeah. am I correct? Crypt yeah, uh, Dogecoin is cryptocurrency. Um, but it's right. just—I think it's kind of cool that you know the little guy, the underdog, took the power. Like there was a 
video of like a hedge fund manager who, you know, probably has multi-millions of dollars was crying on TV. And I don't know if that puts his livelihood at risk, but, um, I think it, I think it does, you know, I mean, they were, they were betting against these places because that's how they made, they made money out of seeing other companies flopped. They were making their money, their money that way. And, and so it's kind of like, I mean, at the end, it was, it, it's, it's just the stock market. You never know. It's, it's ultimately kind of a bet. It's a gamble. It's, it's what it is. And so um, they were gambling against uh, and their gamble pulled out and were, was hurting companies. Now, was GameStop probably going to flop anyways? Yeah, maybe AMC for sure because of COVID. Yep. But um, I don't know. I I feel there's something kind of empowering about the underdog saying, hey, no, I'm going to take, I don't want GameStop to close. I kind of personally, sure, they were overpriced. I have like warm sentiments towards GameStop because because I'm because of my nerdiness. So like some of my best times happened at GameStop. Like I remember what talking to the smelly person behind the counter. What? No. Uh, Talking to about like freaking. (laughs) No, 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 no. Like I know. I totally like just stereotyping all GameStop. No, I will tell you. I met some great. I met like great other gamers. Like so. Like my favorite moment was like after the Burning Crusade, World of Warcraft X Pack came out, and they were doing like a midnight release, and um, I was somebody who didn't have a lot of friends, was just like this kind of like loner gamer girl, and I go and I have like uh, at the time you know like I had, I think it was my mom dropped me off at the GameStop, and I was like come back in like an hour or two and there's this just this line of people outside of GameStop that is like wrapping around the building and the conversations that happened um even if you were like horde or alliance it didn't matter you just it was like this group of all these nerdy people at one place and one time and we all were making stupid jokes references puns um, we shared our info with each other. We gamed together. That was just so cool. Like I had so much fun that night because it was like everybody who understood kind of like the same nerdiness that I had and they knew the same jokes and they were like making jokes about like certain areas like within the game or certain quests or whatever or issues that you're having or at the time Leroy Jenkins was like really popular. So we were making jokes about that and it was because I'm old. But um, I don't know, dude, like you can't get that from a freaking digital download. I mean, like you can meet like a group and then like join a discord server and maybe make friends like that. But there was something so much fun about these like midnight releases. And then if you had like a group of friends, you would go do this midnight release, interact with all these people. Right. And I'm not even a people person. I just, it was exciting to be. Oh, Natasha, please. I'm not a people person. Um, (laughs) I'm like kind to people, but I'm not a people person. No, I know. I know. I'm messing with you. (laughs) Hold on one second, one second, one second, because I'm super excited. Hold on. And then like you would go with all these people and then you would have your friends and then you would go take the game home and you would do like a networking party and then you would all play together and you'd be up like all night playing video games. And it was just. Super cool. I don't know, guys. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll stop being nervous. And this is why that she so, does not like people. 
Well, now, now that we've lost half of the audience to a nap because you're too busy playing video games, did you guys know that the Super Bowl and sports is happening this weekend? <laughs> Yay! Uh, so, it is happening. Well, I don't, play, I, I don't play WoW anymore. I don't play. I play some video games. I don't play WoW anymore, though. But the fact, the fact that you still call it WoW means that you're still in that nerdy group. But that's fine. Listen, I'm not judging here. I just, I, I just found it funny that we were like, yes, political and stock market conversation. Um, this is the power of the gamers. I was sitting on some and that hurt me on the inside. I've had like some of my best times. <laughs> like I don't, I don't want to see AMC fail. Like I've had some. Like if I could go back though and like fix. Look, like, I don't want movie theaters to fail. Period. Yeah, like, I don't want movie theaters to fail. Like it, I wish I could also go back and like we had malls and stuff like we had in the '90s where people could like interact. Like I wish I could bring that back. But that's kind of, you know, that's just me because I have memories and that's, you know, my viewpoint of things. But you know, I, I, Yeah, I just wonder if though, like, I'm not necessarily saying I want any of these things to fail, but I just feel like a lot of things when it comes to business, they just kind of end up going through cycles. Like yeah. when COVID happened and it became even a bigger impact on us, like, Every other business and location wanted to all of a sudden start opening um, drive-in movie theaters. Um, so I just I I I don't know if AMC will end up closing altogether because I know like every other week I see an article, yes, they're closing today, and then they're like, just kidding, they got saved, and now they're closing again. And I feel like GameStop's been doing the same thing for years. So I just think a lot of businesses are just going through cycles, like. I, I don't know. There are some things that eventually do go away. Hashtag RIP blockbuster. Um, but I I just wonder if it's authority. Is this the kind? Yeah, that's true. You're just like, look, they, they should have been long gone. I, I really didn't like them after they didn't have my favorite jersey. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I, I just wonder, though, like, if some of the. I just wonder if some of his uh, business losses, if they're going to be permanent or temporary, you know? Um, I bet that's like, what everyone's thinking, especially pre, during, and post-COVID, is how they're going to see themselves after this uh, pandemic. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I just even think of, like, the Queen's Gambit made... Oh, that Chess, was all of a sudden, good. such yeah. a popular thing again. So we're like, people before is like, eh, chess is boring. Nobody really plays chess. And now, I think it was like they went up in sale, and this is going to be wrong, but chess sets went up in sale like six hundred percent after the Queen's Gambit. Wow. <laughs> so I, I just feel like as we go through through phases, some things are going to come and some things are going to go. Um, but it's just interesting to see as I'm not saying that it it's just happening now, but the more that communities become online and the availability of information gets bigger and bigger, um, I just wonder how much the quote unquote little guy is going to end up taking care of taking over, not taking care, taking over industries that before were just for the people directly involved with the industry, such as Wall Street. Mm -hmm. 
So I think that's going to be the most interesting thing to see more than anything. As we're trying to talk about what is equal, what is fair, is it fair for just the businesses that are in charge of doing that to keep doing it? Or should everyone be allowed to do that? You know? Yeah. Because it does like, you know, give that sense of elitism versus amateurs to do this mm -hmm. and having that opportunity. So I don't know, guys. What do y'all think? What viewers, what do you think? Please tell me and, you know, give me more information. And we're, and we're, about and we're yep. Especially you viewers that can't see us and are only listening to us. You viewers, definitely, definitely viewers, tell us what you think. Welcome back to Plus and Delta. Um, we were talking just now in our tea about various topics. And the one that really caught traction, considering what's going on in the news over the weekend and it's still ongoing, um, the whole thing with GameStop and what's going on with Wall Street and, you know, the little guy trying to bet some money and not being allowed. So Jerome has brought up a wonderful guest to help us talk about this topic a little bit more. So Jerome, would you care to introduce our guest? Oh, for sure. So me and this person, we go way back, uh, back to DDR Storm or Storm Foam, as some people call it. And he is the former host of DDR Storm, RK Jax, and longtime friend. I mean, just a person that I know is obsessed with Nintendo and obsessed with deals. So I would like to welcome you, everyone, Josh, or AKA Tiger. Welcome. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hey, Josh, how are you? <laughs> Doing pretty good, man. I'm uh, ready to talk about uh, some stocks, some crypto, some deals. You know, I'm, anything that has to do with uh, money on one side and uh, someone losing something on the other. Okay, so I first <laughs> thought about, I thought crypto, first of all, like cryptocurrency was just a Seattle white tech thing. And, you know, about two years ago. Ooh. And now I'm seeing that, you know, everyone's trying to get into it so okay first let's talk about this so what is cryptocurrency how does that relate to stock what's this all about all right um so if we're going to talk about cryptocurrency first uh let me just preface everything that i'm not a financial advisor i'm not a financial professional i'm just a dude who just like learned things and uh i'm being asked questions and i'm going to answer them to the best of my ability uh so uh Cryptocurrency, as far as what I understand, is it's a decentralized uh, digital currency that is basically just code. It's nothing but code. And there is just agreement that it is worth a certain value uh, that uh, that is determined based upon the buying and selling of this digital uh, digital money. And you purchase these uh, items uh, from exchanges and you keep them in digital wallets. Uh, the, the, the number one uh, crypto being Bitcoin. Most people have uh, heard of that word. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. as far as the history of it, I know it goes back to like 2013. It was created and it kind of blew up around oh. 2017. Uh, th that is kind of when I discovered cryptocurrency and I kind of want to get into a story of like how I even found it in the first place. Oh, uh, I love it. Yeah. So like, okay. So, uh, as, 
as Jerome said, I am into deals and I am actually an Amazon reseller. And uh, in, in the midst of uh, learning, before I learned about cryptocurrency, I, I was on this website called playasia.com and I was trying to buy some uh, games that I knew I could sell for more on Amazon. And when I got to the checkout page, it said, if you use Bitcoin for your checkout, we will give you 15% off. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm always looking for discounts. You know? So like, yeah. I didn't know anything about Bitcoin though. So I was like, all right, let me find out about this Bitcoin and how I can get it. So like, um, I had, I learned that I had to go on this website, coinbase.com. That's the exchange to buy cryptocurrency. And um, I signed up for it. And then I put in a deposit for $500. And immediately they said, all right, your deposit went through, but you have to wait up to a week in order to to uh, use it and i was like well that sucks so i don't know what happened to the website or the checkout i might have just bought the games anyway um anyway <laughs> fast forward one week later this is probably like uh august uh 2017 something like that um i checked mm -hmm. my coinbase account they said your your um your uh, bitcoin has showed up i look into my account it says 750 dollars uh, you know, something around that. And I was like, okay, wait, I deposited 500, but now it's 750. What the hell happened? Like, yeah, so, like, yeah. like increase just by that. Yeah. So I looked <laughs> into it and Bitcoin had increased in value that much, you know, from that week that I first put in the 500 deposit. And that's when I started like looking into how to like buy more of it and invest in it. And I started looking up other cryptocurrencies and then I just kind of went wild. I was just like, all right, put some money there, put some money here, put some money there. Uh, so I got, I just kind of played around with it. And that's where uh, everything started uh, growing um, up to the point where like a uh, crypto, what I think Bitcoin at the time when I first knew it was there, like 2000, 3000 a coin up to like December of that same year, went all the way up to like over 20,000. And like that's when the crash happened, yeah, yeah. and everyone say, "Ah, the bubble burst, it's over." But uh, we're now uh, seeing a little bit of resurgence. Uh, uh, in the past, like it's, I think during actually, yeah, during while COVID was going on, there was a little bit of resurgence. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I think Bitcoin is now worth around thirty-three or thirty-four thousand a coin right now. So, um, yeah. So I have a question uh, based on that because I'm still trying to understand something. As far as like okay. cryptocurrencies go, like are so are they in a sense like each one like Dogecoin, um, Bitcoin, all of those are they their own independent currencies or are they almost like different like stocks within cryptocurrency? Good like question. is it like one of them is like the dollar, the other one is the euro, or is it like each one like all together? Yeah, yeah, good question. No, it's uh they are all completely separate. Uh as far as I know, there's um there's some crossover to this, and that's when you kind of get to this one called Ethereum. Ethereum is uh I, I don't really have the a good definition for it, but a lot of coins are created using the Ethereum network. Uh and I could be wrong mm -hmm. if I'm I could be saying that wrong, but um the the answer to your question is all of the coins are completely different uh none of them are like linked none of them are uh fuck, how can i say it uh, you can't like cross them over like if you want to switch bitcoin to like dogecoin you have to convert it 
and like have the uh, have the amount sent and converted to this other coin. Uh, they are all completely different. And there's like thousands of them. You can go to like uh, coinmarketcap.com and you can see a huge list of the top cryptocurrencies uh, from a market cap order. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so about the Ethereum, that sounds, well, first of all, it's, crypto just sounds like that since it's based off of coding, we're just pretty much putting meaning to that code to kind of tell it what to do and what it's worth. And then, you know, we're using it for actual, you know, value or actual gain to buy things from what I'm understanding. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, well, <laughs> some people are using it to buy things. Some people are just like holding it in hopes that it goes up in price. Uh, I would say like most people that I know are just holding it hopes that it goes up in price. Um, uh, I, to, to talk a little bit more about how cryptocurrency works, um, it's uh, it's actually like kind of the opposite of a torrent. So okay. A torrent is a file mm. that is like like uh, on multiple computers, and someone can download that one file. And when they're downloading the file, they're downloading it from multiple computers. So right. Okay. So you're like yeah, yeah file sharing. Yeah. So crypto is kind of the opposite where. Um, just for example, Bitcoin has a software that you download. And if you download the software, um, you're actually going to be holding the entire ledger of Bitcoin, like from 2013 when it was created to now. And mm. anyone that downloads the software is also holding a copy of that same ledger. And as transactions go through the network, every computer that downloaded the software is is is. Uh, keeping track of the transactions so that's how it works that's how it's decentralized and that's how no one is like the the one who's like all right you know i'm i'm the god of bitcoin bitcoin is not governed by gotcha. a single person a single thing so that's why it's a um it's kind of hard for current government to say that they're going to regulate it although it seems that they're probably going to go about it by um making the currency exchanges in u.s uh go through the government and make sure that they're reporting you know all of the users and you know if they're making money then they need to be taxed properly that kind of thing so recently gotcha. with the wall street um bets um stuff that's going on i know a lot of people said that through that they were purchasing like the dogecoin how is that related to wall street bets is that kind of just something that they do in addition to their um to buying stock like on the stock market and their strategy or is that kind of separate well i will say that uh i can't really speak for them that well but uh, sure. uh well first let me explain wall street bets is a subreddit on reddit.com and they mostly uh they mostly dabble around in stock markets uh options trading um but uh as far as Dogecoin, getting into Dogecoin, like first of all, Dogecoin is like my one of my favorite cryptocurrencies. One because it's it's uh, ultra cheap. Two, <laughs> it's, uh, the face of it is a Shiba Inu. It's also it's a fun like meme loving community, and like yeah. it's just and the whole point of Dogecoin was just to be a joke. They the person that made Dogecoin made it to make fun of cryptocurrency. And then it kind of took off and, you know, had a life of its own. It, they, I don't know if you know, like in the past, they like got Dogecoin on like a, a stock car and NASCAR racing. 
<laughs> that was like the height of dogecoin like back in 2014 or 15 or something like that that's <laughs> hilarious yeah but anywho um i think the popularity of dogecoin recently um was fueled by uh the the whole gamestop frenzy and that's kind of going on right now um i'm kind of going out of order but i'm going with it so like uh, do it during yeah robin hood like started limiting uh stocks into gamestop and my assumption is that uh, people were trying to find places of what where they could put their money <laughs> and somehow dogecoin like the, the dogecoin community or like maybe a social media effort like took advantage of it and said hey put your money in dogecoin and like it, that same night i think I, it was last week either wednesday or thursday i'm not i don't remember very well but uh dogecoin went from uh 0.008 cents like just under a penny to over eight cents and like oh. that like 800 percent increase yeah um, yeah and really? just 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 to kind of uh, i don't want to brag or anything but so no brag back, away so back back in 2017 when i was buying bitcoin i also bought dogecoin because i thought it was funny uh, and i bought it for a price of 0.000837 something ridiculously low that 500,000 dogecoin that i bought was worth uh like 419 dollars so <laughs> yeah so at the time i like i wanted to be a dogecoin millionaire so i bought a million and it was under like a thousand dollars so I still have that million doge right now. And eight cents of doge for a million doge is $80,000. Now, I don't have that anymore because it went down to like three and a half cents recently. But like, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really cool to like see that. And like in the moment, I was just like, what is going on? They're going to make me a million. <laughs> I'll have to you know, live this nine to five life, peace out. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to think a fake joke. Well, it's not fake, but like I have to think a joke meme coin for it. Yeah, that that would be a story to tell. <laughs> but uh, nope, I'm still here. I'm still working. Yeah, I feel like you would have to walk in like with like memes just to quit instead of like having a serious conversation like hey i'm sorry i gotta give my two weeks notice just hand different memes for the, everything that you want to say just to prove the point that you like, got retired off of a meme coin i'm classy <laughs> so i just make like a letter and then i just put like a doge coin on top of it your letter of resignation Borrow buddy for that. Like, I'll have to sit because I'm like a worried mom. I'll have to like be in the parking lot, but you could like literally walk buddy in with you so you can have the Sheba with you as you put. <laughs> yeah. And he'll just be staring at them with the side eye. I'll just quit. It's like, why are you quitting? Because of him. <laughs> Do it for him. So, like, let's say that you, okay. So let's say that, you know, you get your cryptocurrency. Let's say that it, it goes up. 80 million, right? And you're like, uh, I want to sell because I want to be able to. Can does that happen with cryptocurrency? Can you sell to get that money back? How does it work? Or do you are you just like stuck with it until you buy like do you buy stuff that's that worth with that money? Like, how can you how do you spend it at that point? Can you do you sell it? What do you do with it? 
Yeah, that's a good question. So like, just like stock, um, you can buy and sell uh, cryptocurrency. You can also send and receive cryptocurrency. And uh, when to buy and sell crypto, you need to be a part of an exchange. And one of the exchanges I said earlier was Coinbase.com. You just uh, sign up and you give all your, your personal info. You, you uh, connect your bank account and you can d- deposit a certain amount of money from your bank account into the exchange. And then with that U.S. dollars, you can buy Bitcoin or or they don't have Dogecoin and Coinbase, but they have like numerous. I think they have like over 50 cryptocurrencies that you can buy. Um, so let's say you have Bitcoin and you want to you know, exchange it back to, to yeah. dollars. You can do that as well. You can sell it for whatever the market price is and they'll give you the, the U.S. dollars. And then you just withdraw it from Coinbase and put it back into your bank account. So it's kind of it's just like PayPal in that sense that, uh, you know, you just uh, you just. Uh, yeah, you're depositing uh, the money, taking money in, depositing money, withdrawing money. Yeah, yeah it's exactly like that. Uh, and it's becoming much more easier as time uh, goes. Um, one thing I need to mention before, like anyone like it's mad, like uh, they they say you don't want to keep your money on uh, an exchange. You actually want to use something called a digital wallet and that like puts it in your actual possession. So like when I say you can buy and sell at exchanges, you can also send and receive to digital wallets. Uh, if you download a digital wallet on your phone or on your on your uh, desktop, laptop, you can uh, get a specific like code uh, from your wallet and then put it into the exchange and then they'll send that cryptocurrency into your uh, wallet, AKA software. Um, so that way you can have like the, like you can have ownership, actual ownership of that cryptocurrency. So when you're saying digital wallets, that's like GPay, Venmo, Cash App. Not or- even like those are those are that that is a good question though. Like that those are digital wallets, but like this this kind of digital wallet needs to be specific to cryptocurrency. With that okay. said, it one day maybe GPay, uh, something like that. Uh, can hold crypto, but not at this moment. See, that's what I feel like because, you know, GP, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I don't work for them, but um, I just noticed that they put out an app and I'm like, okay, like I see that they're trying to make it more commercialized and open uh, for more people to use it because, you know, now you can send it to friends and, you know, there's recent purchases in your location, like where you can buy things. So it's becoming very relevant to everyone's lives, uh, you know, use a digital wallet. And I wonder if cryptocurrency is going to head in that market as well, that, you know, it'll become commercialized that we can start using that. I mean, I don't know yet. There's, because- there's, there's also the argument of, well, if they're doing so well with digital you know, while it's GPay and doing money without actually having cash or credit cards and just doing it on your phone, then what do you even need crypto for? And like the, the answer to that would be like, there's, there's, there's some benefits. There's you, you can be anonymous. And I think that's like one of the the biggest benefits um, uh, for, for that. And uh, it's not governed by like one like country or anything. It's, it's world like it's worldly like it's universal anywhere. yeah 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 and uh i think they're gonna have trouble like getting it popular enough obviously uh since every country has their own currency they want to push their own currency and have control of their own markets uh but right. um 
uh, yeah, that's that's one that's one difficulty, and the other difficulty is getting people to really understand how it works. And like, I I tell any of my friends that like, okay, guys, Dogecoin's popular now. If you want to know how Dogecoin works, download a Dogecoin wallet, and I will send you some. And that just gets them into how like the process works. So I'm like, I'm trying to like, I want to give them Dogecoin. It's it's for fun. Like I want to give them Dogecoin just for fun, but also it gets them into like just like dipping their foot into the pool of cryptocurrency so that can really have a better understanding of how it works because i tell you like once you get that crypto in your wallet you're like whoa that's really cool and you don't say that about paypal like paypal is like yeah digital money whatever <laughs> like, yeah, it's like when make you sure dogecoin go up in like value you're like yo i have dogecoin now it's like, <laughs> like a cool feeling it's like a symbol yeah, I wonder though because we're talking about like what the why they not using it like in a GPay or a Venmo or Cash App type situation in those type of digital wallets. I wonder if part of the issue, and after you mentioned the website, I was starting looking at the different cryptocurrencies. So I wonder if part of the issue is how many different types of cryptocurrency is because there are because you mentioned that you have to kind of like trade one for the other in the exchange and so on. And forgive me if I made an error. But I just wonder, like, if, say, I'm going to go to another country and try to pay with my cryptocurrency, well, which one do you allow? Do you allow Dogecoin or do you allow Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever it may be? And I'm just randomly naming things. I don't know if these are all different Bitcoins. I'm just looking at the website. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if that's probably what's stopping them from using it more widespread, because which one do you keep up with? Um, yeah. And I think that's part of the, the battle of the cryptocurrencies as well. They're trying to like say that I'm better. No, I'm better. I know. And, uh, who's going to be the number one, or is there going to be room for more than one? Like, you know, like very, the one that breaks through and becomes, uh, the one that most people use or whatever, or maybe like, maybe certain coins will have certain uses you know because every coin is also trying to distinguish themselves some coins uh and this is where you get to like the the, the specifics of what coins are better for what and i don't really know right. Right. To that but um that's kind of part of the whole investment into the coin like the this coin is better with privacy and this coin is uh better with uh, if you invest in this one, we'll give you uh, interest, you know, and stuff like that. So there's like perks to every single coin. And that's something that you would need to do some research for. Um, can you recommend any digital wallets that maybe you like? I know that you're not um, endorsing. We're not. Yeah. We don't have any sponsors yet, guys. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> if anyone wants to sponsor us, but um, <laughs> just so, something. <laughs> Personally, for me, what is what's a digital wallet? How do you find a digital wallet that uses yeah. cryptocurrency? Like, I think you kind of touched on it, but yeah. like, just a little bit more. Like, how do I find that kind of digital wallet? And if I, you recommend any, I'll tell you, you what I use. I use sure. um this uh the software that I use is called Exodus Wallet, and uh, you just download it and then you, uh, you do a username password, um and that holds numerous amount of crypto and like again like i said you would just tell your exchange to uh you would you take you take the code from exodus 
And then you put it in the exchange and it sends it to your uh, Exodus wallet. The Exodus oh. wallet can be downloaded on a mobile phone and it also can be on your computer and you can sync them all together so that uh, you can see them in uh, both locations. Um, that's, and this is like software wallets. We didn't even get into like offline wallets. There's offline wallets uh, that are called a uh, uh, Ledger Nano and uh there's one called a Trezor. I don't remember, but <laughs> they're they're like USB sticks, and uh, basically you plug them into your computer, uh, and then it uses a software so that you can actually transfer uh, your actual cryptocurrency onto the US, like the USB like drive that they gave you. So that literally oh. it is completely offline, and that's considered the safest way to store your cryptocurrency and the most preferred way to uh, store like huge amounts of it. So. The more I keep on, you know, hearing about this, I'm like, man, this is like another, like, offshore account in sort of way. <laughs> that's, that's a good, dude, that's a good metaphor, dude. Like, yeah, that, that could be like an offshore account, like keep putting it on the USB drive. Like, <laughs> like nobody can touch it except you. Uh, that there are cases of people that have lost their, uh, like, passwords and stuff. And like, literally, it's stuck on the USB <laughs> and they can't get it off. Oh, that's something that I would do. <laughs> so many times, like I, I was so ready to like go out there and buy like all the cryptocurrency. And then you said, "What happens if you lose your password?" I'm like, "Oh, never mind. I just lost all my money." My <laughs> I literally just found like an old hard drive from like six years ago, and so I plugged it in. I was like, "Hmm, what's on this?" and they asked for a password. I was like, okay, well, let me just go through my usual passwords. I went through like five of them. And I didn't know what the heck it was. And then literally I had to like search through the freaking internet, go back to my past and to find the password. It was just like, okay, if anything, I literally thank God for last pass. Uh, that's a great website. If anyone wants to use that for, uh, yeah, for password recovery. Like, Absolutely great. I love it. It's so, a load, it's a load yeah. off of my brain. I'll tell you that. Sorry, oh yeah, I, I don't know what that is, but I'm gonna start getting that. No, LastPass is great. I have to figure out what that is. I don't know what LastPass is. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, it's, okay. It's, it's it just keeps track of all your passwords. A lot of people are like get uh, really like concerned about it because you're literally putting your passwords into a program. But uh, it it keeps track of everything, and then when you go to a website, it like makes. First of all, one of the problems about uh, putting in passwords into websites is what if you don't type in the correct website, but the website looks like the website, you're typing in your actual password and giving oh, it to yeah. Like LastPass, yeah. always make sure that the, the URL is right. And when the URL is right, it puts your username and password in for you. So, um, uh, it, huh. it really helps like, like I said, take a load off my brain. <laughs> so I just, so I don't, and one, yeah. and the other thing is I don't have to create passwords anymore. I just go up to LastPass and like said, create a password for me. Exactly. And, yeah. And that's like one of my favorite things. I, you're using an ultra secure password. It automatically saves it for you. And then you never need to remember it. So um, as far as like how that. Listen, you, you, you may have just told us, <laughs> I was going to say, you may have just told us a lot of things about cryptocurrency and stocks and whatever. I don't even care. I just care about last pass. And <laughs> 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 everything, everything else is irrelevant. My, my Google passwords actually got hacked to the point where they actually got in my bank account and they took money from my bank account. So oh. I had to get a account number. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that'd be, uh, 
But I, Josh, yeah. I had another question for you um, about the crypto stuff, if you don't mind. Oh, Real boy. quick, we, we heard a lot of the pros about cryptocurrency. What are just maybe not cons, but some things to look out for? Like if somebody's wanting to purchase cryptocurrency, what are kind of like the things that people should look out for just to keep safe Ooh. and like feeling financially secure? What are some like maybe tips that you can recommend or a, a, re a website that we can go read more about stuff other than the Coinbase, anything like that would help. Darn, I, I don't have anything prepared for that. I would I say worry. what I would probably suggest is like going on YouTube and, and uh, looking up uh, like that kind of information, like how to, how to stay secure. And actually when I first got into crypto, I was very, very paranoid about getting my stuff like taken from me. Um, mm -hmm. I, actually yeah. have, I actually have a story, a good story here. Uh, oh man, I was about to ask yeah. you a story. And, about and, and the reason why I use LastPass. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I use, there's an exchange, there's an exchange called Bittrex.com. And back in the day, one of my ways of accessing um, websites was really bad and lazy, uh, was typing it in a Google and letting it come up in the search. And I just type, I just click on the first result because that's always mm -hmm. the website. Well, right. uh, in, in the midst of all this cryptocurrency hype, um, uh, a fake, you know, a fake website purchased like an ad on Google and it looked like Bittrex and I clicked it and the website looked exactly like Bittrex and I typed into my username and password and I had, and it had like a loading screen and it, it took longer than usual. And I was just like, Hmm, what's going on? And then it asked for my like six digit code and I was like, okay, here. And I gave him the six digit code and it loaded for a little bit longer. I was like, hmm. And then it asked for my username and password again. So I typed it in again. And I was like, something's not right here. And I checked my, like, I got, I don't know if I get a notification or an email, but I got an email and it said, like, uh, you've logged into your account. And I was like, or it says someone's logging to your account somewhere. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm logging in right now. <laughs> and then it said, like, your 2FA was disabled. And I was like, oh, Shit, you know, <laughs> like, and, and luckily, luckily, Bittrex in their email has a thing that says, if you like, if you did not do this, click here. And I clicked there and it yeah. automatically shut down my account. And like, that saved me from losing thousands of dollars. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It sounds like you got scammed by like Gerald from Somalia. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Yeah, I got, I got, got like real good. So, like, with that said, um, <laughs> uh, making sure the URL is correct uh, when you're typing these things in, because man, you can get easily fished. Um, with also with that said, so like getting to your question, like uh, the secure way of of storing. Uh, cryptocurrency would be to use these offline USB type devices. That is the most Imagine. secure way to uh, store them. If you do store them on a software wallet, you know that you are uh, eliminating an extra layer of protection by always having it online. So if anyone gets access to your password or your phone or your thumbprint or your Google authenticator or whatever, like they yeah, can yeah. easily access that stuff. So um, that's that's probably like the number one things. Also, like uh, 
knowing the legitimacies of, of these actual exchanges and websites, also the legitimacies of these coins, just because it is a crypto coin and it is on coinmarketcap.com doesn't mean that it's a legitimate coin that you should probably invest in. You know, maybe it's a scam coin that, uh, that raised a lot of money and then they just ran off with it. You know, that that's happened a few times. You can look up the, uh, coin called BitConnect, and that was one of them. Uh, there's a huge meme for that. It's just a guy in a microphone yelling, BitConnect! And he was like at this like huge event, like just, just promoting BitConnect. And he was just yelling BitConnect in the microphone like for like a good 10, 15 seconds. And that became like the huge like <laughs> cryptocurrency meme. Um, but that's, that's how crazy, crazy. It, was. it was. It was to the point where people were just creating coins and like just taking the money. So um, I think it's gotten a lot better since then. But uh, again, yeah. like I would say that if you are really worried about like security uh, of getting cryptocurrency, then I would definitely like go on YouTube and see if uh, you can find some better suggestions uh, as uh, in addition to the ones I suggested. Well, Josh, thank so, you. I was going to go ahead. Go, I was going yeah, to say thank you so much for coming and talking to us about cryptocurrency and sharing your knowledge. Is there... Um, uh, I'm not, I don't know if you have, I mean, we, we kind of talked about it. If you have a podcast or have um, anything out or anything you, you'd like to share um, with uh, our viewers. So, so feel free to, cause you've been super helpful and um, we're just really happy to have had you on today with us. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't, <laughs> I used to do like podcasts and, and uh, I have used to have events and Roman, Romy said like, I used to do this tournament called DDR store and like that was oh, like yeah, memories that was a great time dude like I, I ran this like dance dance revolution tournament for like 15 oh, years <laughs> and i've been talking uh, about dance dance revolution since i was in middle school <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude like that's how i got a lot of my friends and that's that's all yeah that's how i know jerome so yeah uh, literally yeah definitely uh but uh now i just kind of lay low dude i don't i don't really do anything crazy but i do have a twitter um that i uh recently have been pushing gamestop and pushing dogecoin <laughs> and uh pushing like how great my amazon seller business is hooray more so like just kind of uh happy that i'm not working at my full-time job but now i am so like um you won't see that from me much anymore on my twitter anywho my twitter <laughs> username is at L-P-T-Y-G-E-R. That's L-P-Tiger. Tiger with a Y. Okay, and, sweet. Uh, that's really all for me. Awesome. Um, Thanks, Josh. <laughs> Thank you for getting us. Uh, last pass to sponsor us, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last pass. You guys have to use it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely great. Definitely. <laughs> and Josh, you might reach out um, again, in the future, maybe a little bit more about um, your experience being an Amazon seller. Maybe um, a couple of months from now, we can check in and see how that's doing because that sounds like it's really awesome. Um, Dude, I could I could talk about Amazon selling for days. So, like, right. just prepare yourself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how to make money, you know? Yeah. Because everybody's got a side hustle these days, and every time I try one, it seems like it just doesn't work. So. Hey. <laughs> it's just I'm not very business minded. It's just about doing it and doing it and doing it. And... For sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, Josh, thank you so much for coming and talking with us. Um, if you guys have uh, uh, want us to send wait, anything. Wait, wait, wait. 
There's one more thing. Oh, there's one more thing. Sorry, Jerome. Go ahead. Yes. No. Oh, so, Josh, what is your plus and delta about cryptocurrencies and stock? I'm sorry, Jerome. You're right. We are plus delta. So, yeah, yes. Yes. I totally forgot about that. I was like, okay, wait, I know we forgot one more thing. <laughs> Is this like my bullet points of what you should take away from this? Yes. Uh, or just your own opinions about stocked and cryptocurrency. I, I'll say that you should not, and again, like I said, I'm not an advisor or an expert, but you should not invest any money that you absolutely need you probably should not invest any money if you have debt. Um, that kind of defeats the whole purpose. Uh, if you're you're paying additional interest on your debt and you're making money in your stock, it's kind of evening each other out. You should probably focus right. on uh, paying down those debts first. That's like the first thing I think of. Um, know that cryptocurrency is ultimately a speculation and uh, no one really knows what's going to happen. Uh, the internet may shill and root for certain coins at certain times. Ultimately, it's an unregulated market, and people will generally say they're pump and dumps. And they really are, in a sense. You know, uh, for example, if Dogecoin can like get popular in social media and then go up to eight cents, and now it's down to three and a half cents, and that all happened within like two to three days. So, like, and that is normal. That is normal for cryptocurrency uh, to have these random spikes and then just drop. So it's an ultra. That's why you'll you'll hear people say it's an ultra volatile market. Um, so you should keep that in mind if ever wanting to get into cryptocurrency. But with that said, I love it. It's it's fun. Uh, it 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 doesn't really take a lot of money. Like if you have $10, you can literally put in $10 into Dogecoin or Bitcoin or something. And, you know, now you have $10 in Bitcoin. It's just fun to just say, yeah, I have Bitcoin. Uh, and uh, um, Doge is a meme, but getting Dogecoin to $1 is not a meme. Long live Dogecoin. <laughs> Uh, real quick, where do we get Dogecoin? Because you said it's not on Coinbase. So how That's correct. Um, you can get Dogecoin off of other uh, exchanges. Uh, there's a Kraken, like K-R-A-K-E-N. -K there is uh, Binance.us, as opposed to Binance.com, which is not American. Okay. Uh, and, and there's uh, Bittrex.com as well. Um, there are a few other ways to get Dogecoin as well. You can do it off of Robinhood or, uh, or I believe Webull, but you don't own the cryptocurrency if you do it through them. It's kind of like owning a stock, like they hold it for you, but you can't like transfer it. Oh, so okay. uh, those are a few ways to get Dogecoin. I love Dogecoin and, uh, and I will hold on to it for as long as possible to tell people that I'm a Doge millionaire. <laughs> I love it. I believe in, I believe in the Shiba. <laughs> me too me too yeah but th thank you again thank you and then uh real quick our plus delta we asked that to everybody and that's kind of what we do when we were grad school we had a professor at the end of every class that would say okay class what's our plus and our delta today and that's kind of our wrap up so thank you for sharing that too. yeah no problem <laughs> All right. Uh, so guys, if you have any um, other suggestions or want us to get any information to Josh 
Remember, our email is podmedia at plusdelta.org. And Josh, thank you so much again for coming and talking to us. Hopefully Thanks for having me. Last pass. <laughs> Last pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, Josh. Take care, Thanks, Josh. See you again. See ya. Bye.